This is week four on our series, The Authority of the Believer. I don't think I could find the words to express to you the seriousness of you gaining revelation knowledge of this subject. You know, we're going to really get into, I, I, I really sense in my spirit this is going to be a very thorough, very thorough study because God wants us equipped. You absolutely must be equipped at the time we're living in right now with the authority of the believer. You have to know your authority in Christ. And here's the thing. This is not something that you can get intellectually. Oh, you could, it, it can make sense to you intellectually, but you'll never be able to walk in it unless you get a revelation of this in your spirit. So the Holy Spirit's here to help you. So I want to encourage you, go back and listen to these messages outline them, underline the scriptures in your Bible, you know, really get it. Because here's the thing, we have an enemy and he is defeated, but he operates as a rogue outlaw. And we are, the battle's over, the victory's already been won, he's been stripped, but he is a master deceiver. So we have to occupy. I mean, he'll put sickness in your body illegally. He'll bring, try to bring poverty and lack in your life illegally. But you have been given authority that if you have those things in your life, you can get them out of your life. Also, if you don't have them in your life, you could keep them out of your life. But it doesn't happen automatically. This is no, we don't believe in a no-fault gospel. There is a God side to everything. But there is also a man's side. And we have to learn what that is. Matthew 28, 18. We've been reading this every week. It's, and Jesus came and spake unto them. This was after he came out of the grave. I mean, when he said, it is finished, guess who was finished? Satan was finished. Right? I mean, Jesus provided everything for every human being to now make a decision whether or not they are going to bow to his lordship, receive his sacrifice, or not. And those that do, we have to make the decision that we're going to walk based on what he said. And he said this, after he came out of the grave, he said, all power. This is the Greek word again, excusia. means all delegated authority. That means all the authority... Remember, we went back to Genesis. We saw in creation, God created everything. And the first thing that he did after it was all done, he gave man dominion. He gave him sovereign authority in this earth. He delegated to man sovereign authority. That was his purpose. His purpose was that man would have authority in this earth in the same way that he rules from heaven. Adam and Eve were, and their children were to rule from this earth. But then we saw that Eve and Adam, they chose to turn all that authority over to Satan when they violated what God said and they ate of that fruit. So they died spiritually that day. They lost that authority. And then we went fast forward now right to Matthew 28, 18. So this would have been what? 4,000 years after Adam and Eve messed up. And all this stuff in the Old Testament. Now Jesus is saying all the delegated authority is given unto me 
in heaven and in earth. That's even beyond Adam's authority. Adam had authority in earth. Now Jesus says, listen, all of it is mine. And after that, he sent his church out in his name. Jesus is the head. We are the body. So in other words, if all authority was given to Jesus, could it be possible that Satan has any authority? He has no authority. So he's called the God, small g, of this world system, but he has no authority. Is it possible for him to have authority over people that don't know God? Is it? Are you sure? What authority would he have if Jesus has all of it? Boy, that makes you look at Satan a little bit different, don't you? What? So he literally... He literally blinds, the Bible says, he blinds the minds of those that choose not to believe. People sit in chairs, and they sit there, and they hear the gospel, and they go, yep, I don't, I'm choosing not to believe it. And when they do that, now, because of their action, Satan, a defeated person, can come in, and it says he blinds the minds of those who choose not to believe. You know why I'm born again today? Because I chose to believe. That's why. Do you know that if I choose not to believe that he's a healer, that he can literally come in with no authority and blind my mind because I'm not believing? Isn't that interesting? No, you need to realize today on the earth, Satan has no authority. Zero. If Jesus has all of it, then he has none. Well, that's like a revelation. Right? Because, I mean, it looks like, wow, it looks like he's got authority. Look at all the junk going on in the world. Yep. And he's operating as a rogue outlaw illegally. But his time is almost up. But this is why the church is here. Listen, guys. We have been given authority. As we stand in our authority, God, we're inviting him in to come heal our land. Why not? Why not have our, heal, our land healed? I don't know about you. I'm not willing for this country to be socialistic. Well, who am I? Well, I'm just, you know, I'm just Tony. Yeah, who's been given all the authority of Jesus. And one of us will put a thousand to flight. That's pretty good. But two of us will put 10,000 to flight. So how many would three of us put? This is how powerful it is. And you might look at the church and go, oh my gosh, they're just a mess. They're still playing games, judging each other, getting offended. Yeah, but listen, here's the deal. We might look like a mess on the outside, but they're... There's enough of us who, who realize we just adjust and repair. We're not messes for very long. But we have all the power, all the authority. Jesus gave it to us. You need to know that.
man, you're believing God for something big. You know, it might be, believe, it might be big for you, but hook up with one of your brothers or sisters because we're better together than we are separate. Jesus, never forget this fact. Jesus has all authority. He's delegated that to his church on the earth, and Satan has no authority. None. Those loved ones that you're believing God for, Satan has no authority over their life. The only thing he has is if they've chosen not to believe, their minds could be blinded. But don't worry about that. The Bible says you can bind the enemy on this earth and it'll be and heaven will back you up on that you could send laborers across their path because there's promises great will be the peace of my children my children will be taught of the lord jesus got his authority got this authority back so now we have authority in the earth and remember we said this last week we have authority in the name of jesus we walk in our authority by the power of the Holy Spirit, right? And Jesus' authority is perpetuated in this earth through his church. So I say it's time that kids growing up in Omaha don't go to bed hungry. It's time that crime rates start decreasing, right? Right? It's, do we have authority here? Yes. So this is now, now let me read Romans 5, 17 to you. Maybe it'll be a different meaning. It says, for if by one man's offense, death reigned by one. That's talking about Adam's sin. Much more, they which receive. That means they which take hold of and continue therein. The abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness they shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. You are, the word reign means you have full and superior dominion. You are to reign in life. So how do you get your finances fixed? By receiving the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness. Now, now the gift of righteousness, you don't grow in righteousness. But what, what it means is now... As, you, as you're walking with God, you become more and more aware of who you are in him, that you're his righteous child. It explains it in verse 21. It says that as sin has reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life. I love that. But it all happens by Jesus Christ, our Lord. This is how it works. You are to have dominion. You have been given authority in your life. So keep Satan out and, and invite God in. Amen? So last week we started going through this prayer of supplication in Ephesians chapter 1. I'm going to read what we went through. I'm going to read it in the Amplified Classic version. And then we're, we started talking in chapter 2 because this prayer... It, this gives us a whole picture of authority. It, it literally, we pray a foundational prayer of supplication, and then in verses 1 through 3 of chapter 2, we're told exactly where we, where we were. And then in chapters 3 through 6, it tells us now how we operate. 
because of what we've been given. So Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15. Get the flow of this as I read this. In the Amplified Classic, it says, For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love towards all the saints, the people of God, I do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. For I always pray to the God and Father, or to the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, that he may grant you a spirit of wisdom and revelation of insights into mysteries and secrets in the deep and intimate knowledge of him. Remember, we said this, the most important thing that you'll ever have as a child of God, now that you're born again and you've been given all this stuff, you must, you must go to your father and through faith, Believe that you receive the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. You have to have this. Because it's not enough to know this stuff here. You have to get revelation of it. To understand your authority, it's got to dawn on your spirit. And boy, does it change your life when it dawns on your spirit. We said this, if the believer does not walk in the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him number one they will be distracted things of this world will distract them okay number two when you're distracted you will start taking your relationship with god and the word of god and you'll start picking and choosing well you know i think i'll do this but you know i don't want any part of that and 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 you start saying no to god And every time you say no to him, it creates problems. You know, the Bible is very, it's truth, it's it's very clear. You know, the Bible very clearly says, don't forsake the assembling of yourself together. It says that. It doesn't say, don't forsake the assembling of yourself together unless there's a pandemic. But we've added that. Why? Because we're distracted and we're starting to pick and choose. Well, I like this person. I'll forgive them. But I don't like this person and I won't forgive them. Well, you're picking and choosing. When, when you start picking and choosing and you're distracted, it means that you're not walking in the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. That's all it means. In other words, you're not walking in a revelation of who he is. Because if you don't have a revelation of who he is, you'll never know who you are. And that's what Satan loves, right? So don't get down on yourself if that's where you are. Yeah, but pastor, you don't understand. You know, this is happening and that's happening and this was done to me and that was done to me. No, no, you're distracted. Forget all that on the outside. Look here. Look here. Get to know who he is. You'll know who you are and all of a sudden his word will be a lamp to your feet and a light to to your path. This is why we work out our own salvation. This is not us looking at other people, seeing what they do. Who cares what other people do? Right? When I look at you, I look at you for two reasons. How can I encourage you? And how can I build you up? Never looking at you, looking at your life. As your pastor, I don't look at your life and say, oh gosh, I wonder what they're doing, this and that. No, I don't focus on that. Right? Why? Because I have to do that with me. 
Because if I, if I start worrying about how Philip's living his life, all of a sudden I'm going to be saying stupid stuff, doing stupid stuff, because God's not in that. Right? So we don't judge each other. We judge ourselves. And we, why do we do that? Because we keep our eyes on Jesus so that we gain the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Look at what happens now with this. It says here in verse 18, verse 19, now we're going to see what this will produce. Verse 18, this is what the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him produces. It says, by having the eyes of your heart flooded with light so that you can know and understand the hope to which he has called you. See, if you're focused on what other people are doing, you're distracted, you're picking and choosing, and now you won't know God's specific plan for your life. But the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him will produce, the eyes of your spirit will be flooded with light, and all of a sudden now you will know, this is what I'm supposed to do. At least this is my next step. With God, you walk one step at a time, right? How do you walk? How do you walk forward? Only one way. You meditate in the word of God. You've made a decision to put him first. And you meditate in the word of God. He reveals something about himself and then you progress. There is no progressing if he doesn't reveal something about himself. And then you meditate in the word of God. He reveals something about himself and then you progress again. That's how you walk worthy of the Lord. This is Colossians, unto all pleasing. Worthy of the Lord. This is how I walk with God, unto all pleasing. See, what happens when I do this, this desire is birthed in me to want to please him in every area of my life. No spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, no desire to please him. Guess who you'll try to start pleasing? You. And can you, can you fulfill yourself? No. Can anything in this world fulfill you? No. See, your flesh is crazy. It never gets fulfilled. Right? I I remember one time, you know, back when dinosaurs roamed the earth, they had these places called video, you'd go rent videos. Right? Like a video store, like Blockbuster. And I remember... There was probably this 17-year-old girl standing there. I'm in line. I've got my video, you know. And uh, there's this middle-aged businessman in front of me with about eight videos, a whole stack of them, pornographic videos. The covers, you know, back then in the 80s, early 80s, they, they, the covers were the covers. You'd have a back room. And I, was, I, I remember looking at this guy thinking, wow. How bound is that guy? You know, and you could tell the girl who was checking him out was, it was, it was pretty, you know, embarrassing, I think, for her, but this guy was completely bound. And I thought to myself, yeah, you can't fulfill your flesh. You can't ever fulfill your flesh. Now, do we get down on this guy? Oh, no, 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 no. Every one of us would be that guy. I'm a pastor, but if I start choosing to look at certain things and and all of a sudden it gets my attention, guess what, man, that'll grow. 
Pretty soon I'll be thinking about it all the time. Pretty soon I'll be downloading all this stuff. Pretty soon, I mean, all of a sudden now I'm bound. Right? I have no desire to drink alcohol. That's just never been a thing for me. But if I took a drink and then just made myself, and I'm just going to drink for a while, it would start connecting with some stuff in my life that maybe I want to cover up or feel better, and I would grow into an alcoholic. I could grow into an alcoholic because my flesh never is fulfilled. Drugs, never took drugs. Closest thing I ever did to taking drugs was when I was put in a situation where four guys in my high school tried to make me smoke a joint. I made the kid eat it. That was the closest thing. Not proud of myself for that. That poor guy, he was a, it, it burned his mouth too because I made him light it and eat it. Yeah. Yeah. But they never messed with me again with that. One of the advantages of having an alcoholic dad where the rage inside of you was always this far below the, center, the surface of my life. I was a born-again, spirit-filled Christian. Not proud of that. But that's not me anymore. Isn't that awesome? Why? Because that man is dead. See, our flesh, this is why we have to get this, guys. I wasn't planning. I don't have the time to get in all this. But yes, I do. Because we got to get free of everything. What is it? I just, you know, I know healing is there, but I just don't think I deserve that. You got to get rid of that thought process. You got to get rid of this. You know, I've made so many mistakes in my life. And I just don't deserve. No, 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 no. It's not a matter of what you deserve. Your sins have been paid for. Completely. By having the eyes of your heart flooded with light so that you can know and understand the hope to which he's called you. And how rich is his glorious inheritance in the saints. His set apart ones. Verse 19. What else does it produce? And so that you can know and understand what is the unmeasurable and unlimited and surpassing greatness of his power in us and for us who believe. You must, as a believer in this earth right now, you must know and understand right now as you're sitting here what is the immeasurable and unlimited and surpassing greatness of his power in and for us who choose to believe. When you choose to believe this, there is nothing that can stop you in the earth. No man takes your life. You'll lay it down, but no man's going to take it. Doesn't matter if a thousand are falling at your side or ten thousand at your right hand, it will not come near me. When you understand this, you're like, no, virus, you are not allowed in my body, in my presence, on this property, in my house. You're just not allowed. Doesn't happen automatically. Right? What well, what, yeah, but Pastor, what happens if you get the virus? Well, then you believe. You believe God and get it out of your life and then you're saying, listen, and it's never coming back. 
No, 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 no. I, I have, I, Psalm 91 is, is a great vaccine. I mean, if you have a piece about getting the vaccine, the natural vaccine, get it. Follow the Holy Spirit, whatever. But make sure you are constantly getting this. Because this will keep it out of your life. Hallelujah. In us and for us who believe, well, what do you mean? Immeasurable, unlimited, surpassing. Oh, as was demonstrated in the working of his mighty strength, verse 20, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead. What kind of power are you talking about is in you? The same power that was exerted when Jesus came out of the grave is in you every time you believe his word. That's why faith is a rest. It has nothing to do with me. That power's from my Father. When I choose and I say, Father, it is written and I believe that I receive my healing. Boom! The same power is exerted in my body and in my life that brought Jesus out of the grave. Is that Tony Finley talking? No. That's God's word. Boy, we need to see. you got to get a revelation of this. And it'll keep growing and growing because it's an unlimited revelation. Which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his own right hand in heavenly places. The power that was released that brought Jesus out of the grave and then put him at the right hand of God. Far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is named above every title that can be conferred. Listen. It doesn't matter what title the world gives to an individual and what authority they think they have. They don't have what we have as the church. So we can love them and we can take our authority and stop that. We got to get our eyes off of all the nonsense and on Jesus. Right? This is how it works. It says here, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, every name that is named, above every title that could be confirmed, conferred, not only in this age and in this world, but also in the age and in the worlds which, which is to come, or which are to come, and has put all things under his feet. So if God put all things under the feet of Jesus... Is there anything that's not under the feet of Jesus? Nothing. Nothing. Wow. Put all things under his feet and has appointed him the universal and supreme head of the church, a headship exercised throughout the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. For in that body, this is talking about you, in that body lives the full measure of him who makes everything complete. This is why in Colossians it says you're complete in him. You're not broken. You're complete. You have a pastor you don't know, no. No, God says you're complete. All that brokenness is in your mind. 
all of it's in your mind. And he'll, he'll, the word will bring salvation. No, no, you don't understand. My body's broken. Yeah, and guess what? It also provi- provides healing for your body. God says, behold, I make all things new. For in that body lives the full measure of him who makes everything complete and who fills everything everywhere in himself. Why does my cup run over? What is my cup runneth over? With him. Wow. But see, you will not understand this with your intellect. You must get a revelation of this in your spirit. And the good news is you have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you that will help you. Isn't that awesome? God is not, he's not moved by where you're at today. He will meet you right where you are. And when he comes into your house, he's not coming to get down on you. He's got a big smile on his face because when he sees you, He sees you in Christ. He sees you in all your potential. He sees you as you really are. So don't think just because you got a little unrighteousness behavior on you, little dirt from the world and stuff. No, 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 no. He comes in, he's smiling at you. You've been been walking in fear. Hey, listen, come here, come here. Let me just wipe, just come in, come sit with me. Let me let me show you something about myself. And while, we're, while I'm talking to you, I'm just going to kind of clean you up, help you. That's what God does. He's a loving father, never gets down on you. Why, why does he see you that way? Well, because that's the way you are. He doesn't see you in sin because you're not in sin. It's gone. He sees you in Christ because that's where you are. Your life is in Christ. Your life has been tucked away with Christ in God. You're one spirit with him. Wow. So now, chapter 2, verses 1 through verse 3, describes the condition that God found us in. So now, he tells us what happened. He tells us all this stuff that's ours. And he tells us that what you need to be able to see this is you need the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him so that the eyes of your spirit can be enlightened. Revelation knowledge. So that you can know these things. Now he's going to backtrack. It's still the same thought. And now he's going to describe the condition that God found you and I in. Why does it, Now look at the way he starts this though. It says, and you. In other words, Paul is continuing his thought about Christ being raised from the dead and given all power and authority. The word and you connects that thought. And you hath he quickened. That means made alive. Not only did he make Jesus alive 2,000 years ago, he made you and I alive 2,000 years ago. So when you start to talk about resurrection power, it not only brought Jesus out of the grave and seated him, it brought you and I out of the grave and seated him. Figure that one out wrap our little brain around that. How can I be raised from the dead before I was actually born? Right? And you hath he quickened who were dead. This means who you were locked in to being continually dead. Wow. 
You were dead in what? In trespasses. This talks about Adam's sin. And sins, this is talking about your personal sins, that all flowed out of spiritual death. But you were locked in. Literally this verse, the Tony Finley version of this verse would read like this. And you hath he made alive, who being continually dead in trespasses and sins. In other words, this verse is now connecting you and I to the same power that was displayed in Jesus. That's why when you teach this, you're just like, okay, Lord, you better help because this is, this is, this is too good to be true. Do you know what, you know what Greek word is the word for too good to be true? It's the word gospel. Isn't that cool? This whole Bible's too good to be true. And praise God, it's true, and it's me. It's for me, it's for you, it's, it's, it's just true. Wow, it's too good, but, you know, man. We'll probably be sitting in heaven just going, oh, Lord, you're too good. You know, we'll look at our clock and go, oh, my gosh. Like the other night, we had 50 people in here praying for our nation. We're going in and out of worship and prayer. We prayed for an hour and 15 minutes. And when we were done, you should have saw all the people's faces. They're like, what? what? Why, why are we stopping? Because it seemed like five minutes. But in heaven, it'll be a little different. We'll be like, wow, we've been here 400 years. <laughs> it says here, now look at this. Now it's going to tell you where you came from, wherein in time past, see, not only were you locked into being continually dead, in time past, before you were born again, you walked, and this word walk is like this, you walked in a circle. You could never break out of the circle. You, it's a locative tense. You walked, how? I, were, I was locked in according to the course of this world. This, is, this means I was locked into a specific mode of action or a specific behavior and a specific period of time. You were locked in to the course of this world according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit, which is the spirit of Satan, that now works in the children of disobedience. People are like, well, wait a minute. No, 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 no. I'm not a child of Satan. I just don't believe that Jesus stuff. Well, that's not what God's word says. The spirit of disobedience. You know what that is? The spirit, the Greek word means the spirit of unpersuadableness. I'm just unpersuadable. I don't want that Jesus. Unpersuadable. Unbelieving. That's, that's the spirit of disobedience. To be disobedient in the Bible means you don't believe God. Very simple. We think disobedience means, well, I'm doing this or that or this or that. No, no, no. No, no, you got to go deeper. Disobedience means you just don't obey what God says. <clears throat> so literally in this boy, verse, the Tony Finley commentary of this verse, wherein before you were born again, you were locked in to walk according to the behavior of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air below the mountains, 
The spirit that now works in the unpersuadable, unbelieving children of disobedience. In other words, people who don't know God think they're living for themselves, but there's never been a human being on this planet that has ever lived for themselves. They've not, there's nobody. They're either living and walking under the influence of God, or they are living and walking under the influence of Satan. And this is the truth. Yeah, but pastor, I don't believe it. Well, that's your right. That's the way the whole Bible is. That, that's your will. You can choose not to believe it. That's why I think the best definition of hell I've ever heard is learning about the truth after it's too late. Right? This is why, guys, we have to love each other unconditionally. Because I could tell you, for us as, as believers, we're pretty easy to love here. But, you know, we do stupid things. You'll walk into church feeling all good, and then somebody who genuinely loves you will come up and say something really stupid to you, right? Or do something really stupid. And that's when we've got to love each other unconditionally. Why? So that the world will know that we're a follower of Christ. Because out in the world, it's, it's not quite as easy. Because there's people who will hate you. There's people, it cracks me up when I go to a restaurant. Because if you're around me any period of time, you know I'm a Christian and you know I'm a pastor. And sometimes when I say I'm a pastor, I get the, the Heisman Trophy arm. Like, ooh. Right? I love that. Because, man, that person, I'm writing notes about them in my phone. And I learn their name. And in a very short period of time, that person, they come over. when I, Somebody else is waiting on them waiting on me, and they'll come over and sit in, in the booth and go, hey, pastor, can you, not, not Tony anymore, pastor, can you, can you pray for me? I'm having panic attacks. Sure. And God will just take it from them. Then pretty soon, you go to the same restaurant, and, and another person walks up and goes, hey, uh, you prayed for so-and-so, and can, would you pray for me too? Right? But see, that doesn't happen if we don't walk in love with our... Because, see, when you get stung out in the world, you got to walk in love. Because these people out here, they have a very little time. That person you're talking to today, they can drive home and a car can go through the intersection and take them out and they're gone forever, for eternity. You don't know if you're the... I've been the last person that has talked to an individual about Christ before. And I've seen him reject Christ. Man, I was 21 years old. I still remember Ray. I remember every line in his face. I remember his build. I remember everything. I witnessed to him, and he died that night. And this is a guy that was massively in shape, worked out all the time. Didn't know he had a heart condition. And when he was arm wrestling with a guy at his house that night, they said that he looked up at the guy and he let go of his hand and he grabbed his heart and he was dead before he hit the floor. And he told me like six hours earlier, listen, Tony, listen, I, I, know, I know Jesus is God, 
But man, I'm a young man in Southern California. I just want to do my thing. But I'll give my heart to him. I'll give my heart to him. You know, after I kind of go do my thing, I'll get married and then, then I, I want to raise our kids in church and I, I'll give my heart to him then. And I'm like, okay, well, listen, if that ever changes, please, you know, just know that I'm, I'm here. I'd, I'd love to talk to you about that. And he died that night. He's been in hell for 30 years or 38 years. He knows the truth today. And the truth is this. Every sin that, will, that he's lost in was all paid for. See, we got we to learn this. So that we could rise up and go, no, Satan, you can't have this coworker. You can't have my kids. You're not going to have my family. Right? This is what we're talking about. Boy, we got real serious. But, you know, this is important. Because I keep going back to this thing. Because, guys, I mean, we're Christians. God's not mad at you. He loves you. He's not moved at all by where you are. He just sees the plan that he has for you. And he knows he can get you through it. He knows that. I mean, I could have a testimony right now. I am so glad. God never gave up on me. Because I'm one of these sometimes don't get it for decades guy. No more. No more. That's ignorance gone to seed, but that's okay. He's not moved by that. He just keeps wooing and keeps wooing and keeps wooing. It says here, the literal version, man, hallelujah. People that don't know the Lord, they're bound by habits and they're bound by desires of their flesh that they can't break on their own. See, it was our nature, yours and my nature, this is where we came from, to live in sin, to live in pride, to live in selfishness. And, and we said this last week, and I'm going to say it again. The spiritually dead human spirit still functions. People that are not born again, they're still functioning, but they are functioning independent from God. And we were never created to function independent from God. Aren't you glad we function with him? Verse 3, among whom also we had our conversation. This Greek word means our manner of life and character. In times past, where did we have our character? In the lust of our flesh. Fulfilling. This means creating a way to fulfill the desires of the flesh and of the mind. Isn't that interesting? When you walk in your flesh, your, you, your mind and everything, you will try to create a way to walk it out. Let me, let me, I'm going to, you know, I'm just going to go this way home and drive by this particular place. Oh, but then I keep falling here. We, we create in our mind ways to walk in sin, which produces death. That's the way we were, right? It's amazing. And we were by nature, by instinct. We were by instinct. Everybody who doesn't know God, this means it's not their choice they have no free will. Well, time out, wait a minute. No, no, I know people that don't want anything to do with God because, listen, 
They want to live their own life. No, they, they, they're not. Nobody's living their own life. They have no free will. They were by instinct the children of wrath, even as others. So see, we had no way out but God. So here's the Tony Finley context of this verse. Among whom also we had our manner of life and character in times past in the lusts of our flesh, creating a way to fulfill the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by instinct the children of wrath even as others. Wow. We, in other words, were trapped and held in bondage to what our minds and our bodies wanted to do. I mean, I could, ha- I could bring people up here right now. Have you ever been so trapped in your mind that you can only do what your mind and your body want you to do? That, that stinks. Right? It is not our individual acts of sin that makes us a sinner. See, everybody gets into the acts. It's not the acts of sin. It is our sin nature that makes us commit these individual acts of sin. So in other words, salvation is not a matter of stopping sin. Our nature must be changed. That's why we're born again. But now let's get into the good news. But this is where we were. Now verse 4. But God. Thank God. Who is rich. This, this Greek word means has an inexhaustible supply in mercy. God, he has an inexhaustible supply of mercy. For his great love wherewith he loved us. Wow. I love this. I could tell you this, guys, but God is greater than any bad report you could ever get. This verse reveals God's motive for for providing salvation for us. He was motivated by his love for us. Accepting salvation, in other words, is accepting God's love. That's literally what it is. Verse 5, Even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened. This is, which means this is something God already did. We were dead in our trespasses and sins, and he quickened us. Together with Christ. Wow. He quickened us together with Christ. Verse 6. And hath raised us up together. In other words, this was something God... When did God... When did God make you alive and raise you up together? 2,000 years ago. This is why your intellect can't just grab this. you got to get revelation of it. And made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Sit together. What? Do you know when you go in the presence of royalty, you don't sit You know why we sit together? Because you are royalty. You're not a subject in the kingdom of God. You're God's child. I mean, you're God's kid. You come into the throne. The Bible says, come before the throne of grace boldly. This is is big. To operate in our authority. 
We've lost a lot of people, but you know, it's okay. Get this. To operate in our authority, you must know where you are seated. Come boldly to this throne of grace. Living a victorious life is dependent completely on our dependency on Christ alone and not on ourselves. It's frustrating when you're trying to live for Christ instead of allowing Christ to live through you. This is the key. God desires that our spirits be open to these truths. You won't understand the authority of the believer in your intellect. You must receive spiritual revelation of it which comes from the Holy Spirit. You must believe it and you must receive it through faith. You must partake of the authority that Christ's throne represents. This is why we don't just preach around here a a cross doctrine. We're thankful for the cross. But we preach a throne doctrine. Because that's what we need to know right now. The source of our authority is found in the resurrection and exalting of Jesus Christ by God the Father. So I'm going to close with this. There was a prophecy that Brother Hagin had years and years ago, but it fits this. He said this, by the inspiration of the Spirit of God, he says, power on earth invested in the name of Jesus Christ and obtained by him through his overcoming the enemy belongs to the church. Therefore, exercise that authority for it belongs to you on the earth. And in this life, you shall reign by Jesus Christ. That's God's will for your life. Amen.